Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Podswoggle, a wrestling podcast with entertainment here at Podslam 2017. Third year, going strong. Uh, we have yet to meet our goal, as far as I can tell, by this handy meter. Uh, so there's still time to get your donations in, and uh, let's crush our goal by the end of the night for Connor's Cure. Uh, let's do that. And before uh, anything else, let me go ahead and introduce uh, everyone else here uh, as part of the Swoggle Squad uh, at Podslam. Uh, to my right uh, is Augie Artillas, coming all the way from Miami, Florida. Hey, everybody. Woo. Uh, to his right is Mike Whitten, uh, coming all the way from Nashville, Tennessee. I have draped myself in a TNA knockout like, flag. <laughs> I thought else. that was a slutty kimono. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else is going to buy it. Uh, coming from right here in Chicago, Illinois, Spencer Hamilton. I live here. I am, of course, Rich Camelucci, and uh, whenever I'm opening a show, uh, that means the last to get introduced is Chris Mullet, your regular host of Podswoggle from Orlando, Florida. There is no more Mullet. There is only De Beers. <laughs> so, 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 Rich, can you please tell us, why, why are you hosting this episode? Well, I'm hosting because it's customary for me to host whenever we are doing a drunk history, as uh, Mullet is our uh, historian of all things wrestling. Um... So he will... Yes, we do miss you, Tope. Hey, hey, please do not harm the talent. <laughs> what talent? So feel free to throw So, uh, so yeah, so we like to mix Mullah's two favorite things, uh, wrestling and drinking together, uh, and have him regale us with uh, the history of either uh, someone in wrestling, uh, an entity in wrestling, or something like that. So uh, tonight... Uh, mullet, if you could. Uh, by the way, how much have you had to drink today? I don't fucking know. Well, let's let's add one more to it because there's a shot of fireball in front of each of us. Yeah. yeah. So let's uh, well, here, go ahead. So let's, uh, all right, I'll do it now. No, no, we'll no. Take, don't pace it, yourself. We'll take the shot. Right. Cheers. For Jerry Sags. Cheers. For Jerry Sags. Salute. Salute. Yeah, fireball. Just salute. Do it. Just do it. We're so fucking disgusting delicacy. Big red. Fuck yeah. Mullet, will you please regale us? With the drunk history of Mick Foley. Whoa! <laughs> of course I will. I have no other option. It's a room full of people, and I'm on stage. No, real, real quick, I just have to. You didn't know that you were gonna do this. Yeah, I never know in advance the subject because that's the way I like it. Uh huh. Uh huh. You like it. So my kid was born. Uh. <laughs> Actually, wait, hold on. Mullet's been going backstage and grabbing like extra presents and like gifts for other people, so I think I might have one back there for him. Oh, oh. Jesus oh. Christ. Oh. I still have a power left, motherfucker. Loma yes. say. <laughs> you were setting up, and I was like, there's six shots of fireball. Oh, Augie miscounted. <laughs> Great, so I'll take this shot, and as per customary, I'll say my. Yeah. Normal first fucking ridiculous line of the your opening salvo, opening, <laughs> opening statement. What a wuss! <laughs> so ugly people fucked in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> and Mick Foley was born, Long Island. Long Island is not New Jersey. <laughs> as long as you're catching yourself. Long Island is in New York, but there's the thing, like. You're gonna like like catch me later, like oh, like yeah. normally. It feels like I fucking deep throated Big Red's factory in my mouth with all this. Uh, so we're so in Long we're, Island. We're in Long Island, which everyone hopefully has one of those like masks to avoid SARS from all the fucking pollution. Sure. <laughs> Ninety seconds in. Mick Foley was born. I think uh, you know traditional like religious parents. Um, uh, Michael Francis Foley, well, I think his name, nice, good Christian boy, uh, went to school and loved professional wrestling, man. Like, who doesn't? If, if, are you in the crowd and you love professional wrestling? <laughs> I, 
wrestling podcast. Right, speaking right. of which, speaking of which, cheap fucking pop. <laughs> We're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. I was gonna make sure no one was like not supposed to be in the 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 Jason Chin Theater. <laughs> Someone was like, ah, oh, shit, no. <laughs> it's like left. Uh, so Mick Foley was a wrestling fan throughout high school. Um, actually, was if you looked at him, you wouldn't think. A pretty good high school athlete. <laughs> I remember seeing that picture, that high school picture of Foley. He's a handsome motherfucker. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a good looking dude, which explains his wife and definitely explains his daughter, mm-hmm. which definitely explains me <laughs> donating more to the swear jar later. <laughs> uh, so Mick Foley, uh, you know, high school athletes, uh, all around good dude, loves professional wrestling. Um, uh, I'm just going to kick it off. And I've read, we're going to get to Mick Foley's uh, author career later on, but a lot of this is based off of his autobiography, Have a Nice Day, which if, if you haven't read it, it's fantastic. It's just about as long as it. Um, it's a huge fucking book. Um, he loved WWF at the time. And uh, there was a match with Jimmy Snuka before anybody knew what was wrong. Uh, for those of you who don't know, in the crowd, Jimmy Snuka killed a woman. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. allegedly, allegedly, oh no! Allegedly, Vince McMahon covered up the fact that he killed a woman. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Uh, is he here? While we're alleging things, uh, uh, Ryan Phillips is changing the board right now. Good. Uh, so Jimmy Snuka was wrestling. We're not talking about. Oh, here you go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just. I'm in prevention mode at this point. <laughs> Uh, Jimmy Snooker drunk history would be bad. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so uh, Jimmy Snooker was wrestling Don the Rock Morocco, the original Rock, but with less muscle, in <laughs> uh, Madison Square Garden in like the early '80s. And Mick Foley was not going to miss this show because he loves fucking wrestling. And Jimmy Snooker, it was a steel cage match. Jimmy Snooker's going to climb that cage, brother, and he's going to fucking dive. Damn it! And he's going to take <laughs> out Don Morocco, Moroc- Don the Mock Morocco. Okay. <laughs> uh, so Mick Foley. Hitchhikes, because he's a fucking crazy person. Well, it was also like what the eighties, like it was like nineteen eighty three, something like that. Eighty three. Uh, it was right yeah. before like the WrestleMania boom. Uh, hitchhikes to Madison Square Garden to see Jimmy Snuka and Don Morocco, and they have this bloody cage match. And Don Morocco, little does it, does everyone know, Don Morocco wins the match. What? <laughs> like yeah, like it's, he's a heel. In the eighties, every heel always won. It's all about that chase. Uh, Don Morocco wins, but Jimmy Snooker like catches him, throws him back into the fucking ring. Uh, oh, you guys are donating for me? Yep. Oh, well, you, you, you don't remember, do you? You gave me a wad of cash before we came up on stage. <laughs> so, it's, I mean, it's, it's half my money and half yours. Yeah. So, keep going. My, uh, my wife will figure it out. All right. And the message from uh, Ryan is, Dear Chicago, these nerds taught me improv. Sorry. Best. Radon, Ryan Radon Phillips. I have nothing to do with you. <laughs> You did everything on uh, your own. Mullet taught me and I taught Radon, so it's your fault. Uh, <laughs> it's true. It's effective. Uh, so Jimmy Snooker climbed up the cage in his bare fucking feet and gave the I hang tens, I love you sign. I said hang ten. Hang ten, man! <laughs> and uh, dove 15 feet on the Don the Rock, uh, Don the Rock Morocco. And Mick Foley was uh, second row when second row was like $10. And uh, he was like, I'm going to be in the fucking wrestling business. So he started doing, like, before there was uh, fucking backyard wrestling, there was... Uh, <laughs> the first of many. There was uh, Mick Foley as this character, like, if he was, like, the perfect fucking wrestler. Dude love, which we'll get mm. back to. Mm. And they, like... What up? Uh, <laughs> hey, Colonel De Beers has a family. Yeah, and he, <laughs> he can race that family. <laughs> um, they would record, like, videos... From uh, like his home, and then Foley was like already diving off of his roof on a mattresses, and like he wanted to be a wrestler because that's what his idol Jimmy Snooker did. Mm-hmm. So when he graduated high school, Jimmy Snooker jumped off his roof onto mattresses. Jimmy Snooker jumped off of plenty of roofs onto more women that he murdered. <laughs> Allegedly. 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 Look, we're not Jimmy Snooker apologists. We're just no, no, we're just, stickers for the law. We're just yeah. cover our ass apologists. <laughs> Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes. <laughs> I'm just trying to get us in legal trouble. So once, uh, once I just got dizzy as shit. Hold on. So Mick Foley uh, <laughs> went to wrestling school uh, with uh, Dominic Danucci, who was like a journeyman uh, jobber wrestler who had a wrestling school. Uh, Shane Douglas was in the same class. Uh, Shane Douglas would later manage a Target. 
Um, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Everyone's like, ha, ha, what a funny joke. He managed to fucking target. Mind, um, mind yourself. What? Mind yourself. You're, this is four and a half years of Target experience right here. Mind What's, yourself. Uh, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with you were a security officer at a Target. Yeah, you also Managing a Target world. after you made six figures is a totally different story, Witten. Touche. Yeah, you were a college student. So he uh, learned, he trained to become a professional wrestler. And uh, yeah, he was good at it, but Mick Foley, he was different. You know, if you look at Mick Foley... If you look at an early picture of McFoley, it's like, yeah, we said it. What a good-looking dude. Yeah, I'd take him to prom. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Mick Foley was like, if Mick Foley and your daughter like like showed up and they had a corsage, like, you kids have a fun time, and you know what? Go ahead. Yeah. Lose it tonight. <laughs> Here's my keys, son. I would let my daughter lose her virginity to McFoley. <laughs> like, at 18. <laughs> Let's move it along. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So Mick Foley became a wrestler, and uh, he started... Paying fucking dues, uh, going to indie shows, doing everything. And at some point, uh, he got contacted because Dominic DiNucci was a journeyman jobber indie wrestler. Got contacted to be a jobber in a WWF match. So it was uh, Mick Foley as Cactus Jack Foley, I think. Or it might have even been Nick Foley or Dick Foley. One of, like, like... Ick Foley. Foley, replace it, it doesn't matter, and his partner, uh, Scrubby McFuckface, against uh, the British Bulldogs, oh. Davy Boy Smith, Augie's favorite wrestler, and the Dynamite Kid, who would literally piss in this shot glass and throw it in every person's face in the crowd, because he was a giant asshole. Uh, he was so much of a giant asshole that uh, Mick Foley, in his second like match, I think, ever, like hit the ropes, and Dynamite Kid dislocated his jaw <laughs> with a clothesline. Because then my kid doesn't care about you. Welcome to the wrestling business, kid. Here's what it is. So after that, he was like, I'm going to make a name for myself in wrestling. Uh, he hits the independent scene. And his whole thing was, I'm going to make everything look as legitimate as possible. In a time when the, bez- the, business, the business is still extremely protected. What's the, what's the independent scene look like around that time? What, and what year is this? Uh, late 80s, like 86, 7, 8. Uh, the, the independent business at that time looks like uh, a good game of risk. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Everyone's mad at two guys. Exactly. <laughs> Vince McMahon and Jim Crockett. <laughs> yeah, I know what I'm doing. And everyone else is like, shit, we're going to fucking be out of business. For twenty bucks, I mean it's all for charity. Yeah, it is. But yeah. I have to pick it up exactly where I'm at with the person. Okay. Sure. The history of the NWO. We've done already it before. Done it. Uh, yes. Well, pick I mean, another, we'll pick another stable, and I'll do it. Not DX. We've done DX too. <laughs> I love this. Oh yeah! What Give me a twenty dollar bill. For what? what? The Dungeon of Doom. Oh hell yeah! Yeah. This just set a precedent. So if anyone wants to donate $20, you're allowed to change the history topic. Absolutely. So the water is fucking hot. (laughs) No, it's not hot. Well, but it is. But Hogan doesn't know it yet. Hulk Hogan entered the Dungeon of Doom. (laughs) Which is a soundstage in MGM Studios. And the Dungeon of Doom is a group of people that have had a career in wrestling but they need the dumbest thing added on to them whatsoever. Like, hey, hey Brutus the Barber Beefcake, do you feel like being a zebra for six months? <laughs> and, what's it, and what did he say? Yes, no. but you know what he meant? No. <laughs> hey, John Tenta, nice tiger tattoo on your shoulder. You're a shark now. <laughs> hey, hey, Haku, hey, Ming, you could rip a dude's nose off legitimately. Here's a dumbass fucking tiger mask. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Kamala, just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> hey, 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 short dude that's like, like, by short, I mean six foot tall in 1995. You're a leprechaun now. <laughs> and they, like, wanted to end Hulkamania because Hulk Hogan only can survive on killing and, like, defeating everybody be- below him that's, like, fucking evil. So, Dungeon of Doom. Burying Kevin Sel- talent. Kevin Sullivan, who is 11 inches tall. I have him in my back pocket. Hold on. <laughs> there he is, Kevin. Uh, was, uh, like, like the evil taskmaster in his uh, masker. <laughs> 
his uh, his dad, the it was oh fuck, it was King, King Curtis, Curtis Iakea, who would snort everything on this table. Doesn't matter what it is, <laughs> he would do it and figure out how to do it. Was uh, like his father, and he was like fucking crusty. It looked like somebody blew like forty pounds of flour in his face, and he was like, "Oh, go kid, you must be killed." They would try it out. These other fucking like big ass stupid mascots. Holy yeah. shit! Oh my god! Oh yeah! Wow! Please take a picture of that. that is- Someone take a picture of that and send to me, please. Please take a picture of that. Uh, so all these misfits that couldn't do a goddamn thing, uh, they they introduced uh, Paul White slash the Giant, mm. who was just a seven foot two guy who was like super young. And, like, Hulk Hogan saw at a basketball game. Uh, I didn't know he was fucking playing. Like, he might have been fucking selling hot dogs. And they're like, that guy's seven foot tall. Sign him up. Uh, they brought him on as uh, the giant. Specifically, Andre the, du- Andre the Giants. Andre the Giants. Andre the Giants' son. And he Which came- they was danced around. They never quite said no, it. No, no. Oh, they absolutely said it. Really? Because, like, Hogan in his overact was like, that's Andre's son! <laughs> as he's in, like, a monster truck. Made out of like Gravedigger's like skeletal dick, um, because the way the Giants' first match wasn't a match. If you look like, because this is credited as a match, uh, the Big Show slash Paul White slash the Giants' first match was a monster truck match on the roof of Cobo Hall in Michigan for Halloween Havoc '95. So Hulk Hogan and the Giant basically sword fighted with monster trucks for ten minutes, and Hulk Hogan won. Hulk Hogan wouldn't even put the giant over in a monster truck match. Sorry. I'll look that up. And the giant, furious that his monster truck wasn't strong enough, like exits his vehicle, a big no-no in the monster truck field. Sure. And they start like battling on the top of Cobo Hall. And uh, they literally get up to the ledge of Cobo Hall in giant fucking quotes. Hulk Hogan punches him, and I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, replicate it right now, and I hope I don't like hit myself on the chair. Oh, God. Like Hogan punches the giant, and the giant, his stupid monster truck outfit, goes whoa 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 whoa, and falls off the roof of a fucking 50 foot tall building. Mm-hmm. And Hogan's like, oh no! And they go back to the commentators, are just like, that man fell off a building. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Heenan, like God rest your soul, Bobby. Again, you're the fucking best. Heenan's like, what side did he fall off? What side did he fall off? And Bishop's like, well, you have street and you have uh, water. What does it matter? And Heenan's like, obviously mullet, fucking mullet. water. Oh, my God. We're yeah. Uh, of course you do. <laughs> uh, uh, so JBL had an erection one day. <laughs> no, that's I'm just, no, 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 no. Strike the chair. Whenever you want it. Oh, great. Thanks. <laughs> Another shot of fireball. So JBL had to have Another a fucking come catch your mustache and wanted to get noticed. So, hey, can I beat up dudes on live television? Sure. You're going to lose. So, like, they asked everybody in the roster, do you want to do a legitimate boxing fight on regular Raw television in the midst of trying to battle WCW? And Vince Russo was like, of course. What did, Vince, what did Vince Russo say? It's a bro, of course we're going to do this. Yeah. Brawl for all. <laughs> so every guy... Brawl for brawl. Every guy that wanted to get noticed, like, sign the fuck up. And they just hired Dr. Death Steve Williams, who was, like, one of the baddest dudes in wrestling. And the plan was, like, okay, this guy's obviously going to win. And when he wins, like, he's, like, legitimately won. So we'll book him against Steve Austin, our biggest star. It's all fucking set. They bored the shit out of everybody. And I'm turning into Russo by banging the fucking table. There you go. Oh, boy. Um, what is that? You turn into a chameleon? <laughs> what a great gimmick, the yeah, chameleon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so like, what, what year is this? 98, 98, 98. 98. Like the most important year of the Monday Night War. Like they have legitimate shoot fights on television that they didn't book and guys are just trying to go out there because they also had like an actual cash purse at the end of it. The, like the second round, Dr. Death gets murdered by Bart Gunn. Ironic. And uh, it's like, oh, well, shit, I don't know what to do now. 
there's just so many guys that got legitimately hurt. Mark Merrow, a Golden Gloves boxer, got hurt. Couldn't even win the fucking thing. Dan Severin didn't want to do it because he just didn't want to sweat through his gray T-shirt anymore. <laughs> um, Shamrock didn't do it because it was fucking beneath him. So Bart Gunn just literally started killing everybody on the roster. <laughs> like, Bart Gunn went to two boxing classes and became the baddest dude in the fucking right. roster. He crossed the Godfather's eyes in their, like, semifinal match. They got a six-foot-eight jack fucking pimp black dude. Yeah, he's the he ultimate like, fighting machine. <laughs> And somehow Bradshaw got like guilted, not guilted, like weak crawled into the finals against Bart Gunn. And Bart Gunn hit Bradshaw so fucking hard twice and like literally won the thing. Like, like he was fantastic. And it's like, oh, we have a new star in Bart Gunn who has the charisma of this cord, but you know, whatever. So like, how are we gonna capitalize on this? Yeah. WrestleMania 15, so somebody won earlier. Somebody in the crowd won WrestleMania 15 tonight. On DVD. Enjoy, on DVD, enjoy Bart Gunn versus Butterbean on that show. Bart now, Gunn. Describe, describe Butterbean. Butterbean looks like you on the worst timeline bald. <laughs> Sorry I asked. Sorry I asked. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry I asked. I'll take this Colonel De Beers photocopy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but yeah, uh, Butterbean was like a legitimate tough guy. And at WrestleMania, they built it up. They come out. And remember how I said Bart Gunn hit the Godfather as hard as I've possibly seen twice? Butterbean hit Bart Gunn twice so fucking hard. <laughs> Bart Gunn looked like, uh, I couldn't even, like, like, if you punch, like, hold a spaghetti noodle cooked in your hands and just flick it, and it's... <laughs> and he just fucking went. They blocked off like 15 minutes for this. Bart Gunn got knocked out so quick that the referee had to fucking argue with the San Diego chicken for like seven minutes. Hold on. I just so, want to say, I've never seen you move so dynamically before. My back, and not fall down. My back is fucking killing me. I haven't seen my chiropractor in months. Uh, so in recap, the brawl far lasted about 10 months. Made one person who they in turn killed in 30 seconds. And uh, John Bradshaw Layfield uh, managed to uh, not make any worse for the wiser because he was the one that came up with the idea. Yes. I think we have another yes. one. Let's do it. Do another $10 What? The whole thing again? No. Or the next one in an accent? No, just continue. Just well, I'm done okay, in this yeah, one. Yeah, So for, give me something else in an accent. One. Oh, hold on. Augie has something? Augie. Oh, there we go. How you doing, buddy? I will take that chair again. <laughs> Wait, Matt, Maddie's got one. Maddie yeah, I'll request. take. I'll take whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sit down. Bar your back. Uh, yeah. I'd love to hear about That's the life and times of CM Punk. The oh. life and times of CM Punk. CM Punk is Mullet's all-time favorite wrestler. And you wonder why I ignore you on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Still? <laughs> no. That's don't. Don't. This will do it. Don't. So, so uh, God decided to make the best professional wrestler ever. <laughs> <laughs> and what he Pure gives, he snow. takes away. <laughs> Uh, what were we all starts? I guess I'll start from the beginning. Someone interrupts me. So, uh, no, I'll, I'll just start with. Uh, I'll start with. Uh, around the same time where the brawl fall ended. Yeah. The early 2000s. Uh, CM Punk is training in the Steel Domain here in Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> I feel better. You have fully cheap pups. It's cold. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. Except this week. Uh, your guys' weather fucked me up this week. I had to fucking. Bring 50 pounds of clothes. Stop avoiding CM the Punk, subject. CM Punk, CM Punk, CM <laughs> Punk. This weather, you guys. So CM Punk, uh, this misfit kid that has the athletic ability of the shot glass. <laughs> Wanted to become a professional wrestler because Roddy Piper, goddammit, he's the best. Uh, so he went to Steel Domain, met uh, Cole Cabana, met uh, all kinds of guys, and like just wanted to become... So, oh, still cursing. Great, cool. Uh, you're good, you're good. Okay, um... I just, and in turn, I just uh, started to uh, tour the indie scene in IWA Mid-South, um, in local indie promotions, and he is a legitimate straight-edge person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
Um, I have gone. I have two of these. Um, <laughs> and uh, made it his character. And, you know, he's better than you because he doesn't drink. He's better than all of us in this room. Who hasn't had a sip of alcohol tonight? Those are, those are the only two people that are on CM Punk's level <laughs> as human beings. Uh, and he started to develop a name for himself because of uh, his promos and also his wrestling work. Very early on, he was um, him and Cabana would have a series of matches everywhere. They became the hot indie match that you booked in any territory, they were like any an city. Act. Yeah, they exactly. were like a vaudeville act. Yeah, they were the Abbott and Costello of indie wrestling in 2002. <laughs> um, and they got the attention of Ring of Honor, the burgeoning independent promotion in 2003. And from there, his character became uh, connected to characters that he could influence. So a Raven. Yeah. Who, who was, I mean, I think Raven, if he was sitting right here, would be like, hey, you know, I did some drugs. Um, <laughs> and he did plenty of drugs. And the whole thing was, you know, you did drugs. And because of that, you fucked up your career. You, like, destroyed yeah. it. And they had a series of fantastic matches. And he got a considerable buzz because of his promo work and because of his, uh, his ring ability. And that turned into the buzz for ROH. His mm-hmm. matches with Samoa Joe. Yeah. His matches with Austin Aries. I mean, so he gets some buzz. He does. Summer Punk happens. He gets signed. Uh, he gets a call up to the main roster. You're just gonna go straight to UFC to make me sad, no. aren't you? Yes. <laughs> no. Yes. Let's fast forward a little bit. Uh, uh, <laughs> you'll be like, uh, he gets signed. He wins a bunch of titles. Some shit happens. A couple, Mickey Gall, huh? <laughs> a couple of money in the banks, you know. Yeah, of course. He's he's on the main roster. He's, I'm he's standing the on dude. my couch. He's the dude. Yeah. You were living with me when I was yeah. sitting on my couch when the first settle. Didn't you chip your tooth because of? Uh... No, I chipped my t- I chipped my tooth because Hornswoggle was Vince McMahon's son. Oh, okay, that was way off. Yeah, we had a little just, just a bit outside. Uh, like because when CM Punk won the world title, man, he didn't just win it. We won it. <laughs> oh yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, Jesus oh, Christ, well, where are we at? What year? Uh, let's go 2000 and, uh, 11. 11. 11? Cool. So he's fucking fed up. <laughs> Every positive thing I said, he's done. He wants to go home and fucking watch some television. <laughs> hey, thank you so much. This is going to get sad. Continue in the voice of Paul Bearer. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> you do that to us. Let's <laughs> continue in the Why? voice of Paul Bearer. So Why? the pipe bomb, it happens. And someone please donate soon. Do you know the pipe bomb like by like verbatim? Do I have to do it like this? Yes. <laughs> John Cena, as you sit there, as uncomfortable as you can, I want you to listen to what I'm about to say. I don't hate you, John. I actually like you. I like you a lot more than those people back there. The problem I have, John, is everyone thinks you're the best. And you're not. I'm the best. You're a lot better than most of those people back there. You're not going to have tonsils after this. You're certainly a lot better than Dwayne. You're all, you know what you're the best star at, John? Kissing Vince McMahon's ass. <laughs> you're not as good as Dwayne. Uh, so I think we got another done. We want to hear Spencer's Paul Bear, and then you can stop me. Thank you, okay. God. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, my Undertaker. <laughs> scared as fuck right now. <laughs> Brian Jager should be here right now. One of our close friends from college at the first WrestleMania we ever went to together. Literally sat outside a fucking show for three hours with his buddies drunk and just did Paul Bear as wrestling fans judged the shit out of them walking by. So rest in peace, Jager. <laughs> yes, Tyler. Uh, Charles. Uh, Charlie. Uh, Chuck. <laughs> Keep it the... Yeah. Oh! Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll pay for it. Oh, I'm sorry. Before you do that. Did you finish this Ask Scott Steiner? <laughs> yes! Yes! Pipe bomb Ask yes. Scott Steiner. Oh, I'm finished. Finish. 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 Finish.
Yeah. Start from the beginning. Yeah. Start from All the beginning. Right. Yes. Do the punch. And, and no interruptions. Like, he's got to finish for well, afterwards. Is, I, I think he is, but can you verify? Is he, like, absolutely 100% crushing this? this yes. Yeah, pretty much. Like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Yes. John! <laughs> <laughs> As you sit there! Yeah. As uncomfy as you can be! It's uncomfy. <laughs> Shut up, you're fuck me up. I want you to know! I don't hate you, John! I even like you! I like you a lot more than those other symphies in the back! Problem I have, John, is you, everyone thinks you're the best, and you're not. I am. <laughs> you're good at kissing butts, John. A lot better than Dwayne. Cliff notes. Uh, <laughs> see, for seven, six, five years, <laughs> I've been the best on this microphone. In this ring, even a commentary, I'm the best. And I don't get the recognition you deserve. I deserve. And it makes me sick. On July 34th, I'm leaving with the WWE title and money in the crank. Oh, you know what? When I leave, maybe I'll go to Old Japan. Maybe I'll go, maybe I'll go to Ring of Honor. Hey, Cabana, how you doing? <laughs> so I'm leaving, just like Brock Lesnar left. Because he's a Paul Heyman guy. I'm a Paul Heyman guy. I'm a guy. <laughs> he would get lost at this point. <laughs> Gotta find himself, gotta find himself. Because what I gotta tell you is, I'm just a spoke in the wheel, because wheels have spokes. <laughs> and when I leave, you guys still gonna buy your cups with faces, face cups. <laughs> gonna keep buying your merch. And like all you people come to the airport, you ask me for signatures, for, for signatures, <laughs> then I'll be like, yeah, but no. <laughs> <laughs> and you're all the problem. And here's the, here's the thing. At the end of all this, this company's going to be fucking run by fucking doofuses. And <laughs> Talk doofuses. I didn't mean that one. <laughs> just, that is, that's just method right there. I turning it to Scott Steiner. I just got Scott Steiner. <laughs> He's a lock the code. It's hard. It's hard. I think I think I I think that's good. We can transition into the now the history of Scott Steiner and you can where am I at? (laughs) Scott Steiner's parents (laughs) needed some fucking classes. Super, uh, yeah, Super Bowl, 1998. Super Bowl, big ass ball. Uh, Super Bowl, 1998. Uh, for the first time, Scott Steiner turns on his brother Rick Steiner. Whoa. Yeah, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, Spencer- spoilers, <laughs> spoilers, spoiler alert. And when he does, here's a little known fact. Little known fact. He didn't be immediately become Big Papa Pump. Scott Steiner was like testing some things out. I think at first. I might be like minorly wrong. He's like White Thunder Scott Steiner. He basically became like superstar Billy Graham in 1998. Uh, like blonde, short hair, jacked to the gills, Superman logo on his belly, and like was trying to find himself as a heel. Yeah. Um, mind you, Scott Steiner, I have to say this, was one of the best wrestlers on planet Earth <laughs> for a very long period of time. What's your definition of long? Long, a long period of time. Yeah. Uh, for Scott Steiner, minutes. <laughs> I gave him a very long leash. Go ahead. Which is really what Rick Steiner should have been kept on. Yeah. So what happened? Um, 
uh, he turned on Rick Steiner. Uh, like, he does, like, uh, they used to do this thing where, like, Rick Steiner was, like, in a dog position on the floor. And Scott would, like, run around in a circle because that's all he could run in. And now I'm going to literally fuck myself up doing this. <laughs> and he would, like, like mount Rick Steiner and, like, do, like a, like, a dog face thing. And, like, Nash and Hall are on the floor and they're, like, now. And Scott's, like, I gotcha. And he, like, jumps on the back of Rick Steiner. Crowd's like, oh, my God, no! Scott Steiner is the NWO? Scott Steiner, Joe, is the NWO. You're damn right. Sorry. You're like four months out. Yeah, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Some of the audience doesn't know what's going on, so we can explain why Spencer. Uh, so Spencer is currently Spencer is a is a like actively uh, learning wrestling historian. He's in like the uh, the winter of 1997, yeah. and it's about to happen like three months from now. So basically, I'm about to fuck up Spencer's next like month yeah. by doing all this. Uh, so uh, so Scott Steiner uh, becomes a heel, and uh, him and Rick Steiner proceed to have like they didn't have like. Wrestling brothers like don't have chemistry. I don't know. Like Matt and Jeff Hardy, like yeah. very few of their matches, they have chemistry. Rick and Scott Sider, their like match chemistry was like uh the Undertaker. <laughs> Rick and Scott Sider matches had the chemistry of like a rhinoceros and fruit cake. <laughs> <laughs> like put a fruit cake in front of a rhinoceros, you'd be like, oh cool food. Horn, 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 horn. That's basically what it was. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that'll help. Yeah. So Scott Steiner, uh, oh, like, he's still a good wrestler, but like, he doesn't have like injury things. In 1999, they're giving him a push because at this point, Scott Steiner, they start giving Scott Steiner a microphone uh, on live television without notes, <laughs> and he just starts like blabbering what I basically was just saying on a weekly basis. And unfortunately, he has like a serious back injury, and he's out for a while. And he comes back in the midst of uh, Vince Russo's new WCW in 2000. And Scott Steiner is still a big ass name with a big ass mouth. <laughs> and they give him the opportunity to do whatever he wants. And in WCW 2000, you could be incredibly immobile, you could be like Scott Steiner, and Scott Steiner would cut promos. Like, Scott Steiner was like so unhinged. He beat up paramedics that were legitimately doing their job. Like a wrestler did, like uh, I think it was actually Christopher Daniels did, like a, a second rope moonsault landed on his head, and somebody like he was supposed to interfere in the match. So Scott Sander comes out to still like interrupt, and it's like hits a paramedic in the head because he can, and he doesn't know, like he doesn't fucking know. He got a promo on live television when it was supposed to be like getting over a storyline, and he just starts like making fun of Ric Flair's yellow teeth. <laughs> and in the midst of the Monday Night War, Scott Steiner told everybody to turn the channel off from WCW and watch Stone Cold Steve Austin on WWF Raw because, quote, WCW sucks. <laughs> You're standing in a WCW ring. And, and, and may I just say, and you can elaborate on this, Scott Steiner is a genius when it comes to cursing in the rig during matches. Scott Steiner re-debuted in WWF after WCW was closed in 2002. Uh, in 30 seconds of being on the WWF roster and beating up Matt Hardy and Chris Derwinski, Scott Steiner went to the guy on the, the side of the ring and goes, give me a fucking mic! <laughs> and the crowd's like, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we want. Oh. Two months later, he did the same move 15 times, and everyone was like, no. <laughs> kind of want to change gears here. Yeah. Uh, I know you mentioned earlier that this is the first time one of your really good friends, and the reason why you're that, like one of your wrestling buddies here, Andrew Zangry's here. Yeah. So can you give us the history of his favorite wrestler, Mr. Triple H? <clears throat> Let me just make sure this. I'm not going to fall out of this chair. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Okay, let me take a swig. I, again, as if we're starting fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 15 pounds of nose entered the world. <laughs> <laughs> 15 pounds? 15 pounds of nose. Right. Ska band name. Uh, <laughs> sweaters, beer. Uh, For again, you, it's the same. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Wrestling fan? Uh, he went to Killer Kowalski School in Connecticut. I'm just cutting right to the chase for uh, wrestling. Uh, and he joined... No, not a lot of people know this. 
The first main company he was a part of was WCW. Mm. As John Paul Levesque, mm-hmm. uh, they wanted him to have an inspector clue. Well, no, I'm sorry, you're right. Yeah, oh. Tara Ryzen first. Thank you. Tara Ryzen. Mind you, I wanted to cut to John Paul Levesque first because it's like I didn't want to explain Tara Ryzen. T E R R A R Y Z I N. You know, like all the cool kids. Uh, that's Z. That's Z. It's oh, Z shit. that does it. Oh, I got it. I got it. I didn't let it sell beer in it. Uh, no, we need a Colonel De Beers. <laughs> you got beer all over Colonel De Beers. Oh, man. Sorry, Colonel. Uh, so after terrorizing, he was just on like WCW main event, like like syndication shows, like beating up fucking jobbers and not doing anything major. And then he became John Paul Levesque. They wanted him to have like an Inspector Clouseau accent and gimmick, which from like Pink Panther. Yeah. <laughs> Stop right now and think of the Triple H you know and love, well. and imagine him doing a fucking Pink Panther <laughs> Inspector Clouseau gimmick, and just be like, you know what? That probably should have been the way he's been this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I was home watching a lot of Peter Sellers and... Well, like, he was in the room with Flair, like, his idol. And Flair's like, hey, kid, you want to do uh, Inspector Clouseau? He's like, I can't wait to save your career. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, he leaves WCW and goes to WWF uh, because, like, he didn't want to, like, commit long-term WCW. So, you got to say the guy's fucking smart. Um, and he becomes Hunter Hurst. Hunter Hirsch Helmsley. Yeah. Hunter. <laughs> say, say that three times. Hunter, Hunter Hirsch Helmsley. Uh, a Connecticut blue blood. Again, he knew what he was doing the whole time. The McMahons are from Connecticut. I'm from Connecticut. I'm gonna live. I'm gonna live here anyway. Make me from Connecticut. Uh, he was like implementing the secret. He was just trying to like yeah, exactly. Put it out there. <laughs> exactly. He's willing it to happen. Um, and he became like he wore like fucking jockey pants and he was like an aristocrat. <laughs> Uh, early on, that man had to wear, wrestle in so many Arkansas hog pen matches with Henry Godwin. <laughs> Triple H ate a lot of shit. And by that, I mean like literal pig shit <laughs> in Arkansas hog pen matches. But he was smart. He had good friends. He befriended Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Shawn Michaels, Shawn Waltman, and uh, was like, I- I'm going to ride with you guys. I'm going to be part of the collect. And he was. Uh, cut to May of 1996, and the world is Triple H's oyster, and uh, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall just ate all them fucking oysters because they're leaving. <laughs> and they're in Madison Square Garden, and uh, they're going to leave, but they want to make sure that everyone knows that they're leaving. They want to know that everyone's their <laughs> friends. So in the middle of Madison Square Garden in 1996, when the wrestling business is still protected, they all hug in the middle of the ring at the end of the show after this big steel cage match. Scott Hall's leaving. Kevin Nash is leaving. Shawn Michaels is the champ. Shawn Waltman's doing ecstasy in Mexico. <laughs> he's, just not, he's just not there. Is that where he got his name, X-Pac? Yes, exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, exactly right. So I guess we got to punish Triple H. So instead of, winning the, instead of winging the King of the Ring that year. We have a question? Yes. Uh, I will. That? Who wants to hear that? No one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. I'm a whore for money, so I don't care. Like, I'll hey, we'll take the money. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the plot to Don't Stop or My Mom. Yeah, hey, if you give me enough money. Like, I don't at give this a point, we're at the last few minutes of the, of, the, of the podcast marathon. We are insanely close to our goal. Any we're money not that quite goes in there, that, so we any need money that, that last goes little in that, push. Any money that goes in that bucket, you give me a title, I'll give you the three cents history on that person. Who do you want? Uh, Montreal Screwjob. Bret Hart is a petty son of a bitch. Triple H had a good idea. Earl Hebner can run fast. (laughs) (laughs) Next. What was that? The friendship in three lines. Our friendship in three lines. Uh, We both like improv and food. Uh, We both had a fun time in the fall of 09. And uh, I I just love this guy. I love you too. And, and as I did that, I was like, oh, I shouldn't do this. <laughs> Next. Augie Artillis. Oh, oh my fuck. God. He survived Nam. <laughs> <laughs> He's fucked more people than FEMA. <laughs> 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 
Let's turn it to a roast all of a sudden. Oh, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> he's been, I, he's been engaged more. once. <laughs> <laughs> Next. I've only got a dollar, yeah. so just do one that sucks. Just do like the history of the goon in three Perfect. seconds. Perfect. Uh, Bill Irwin needed some food. <laughs> they gave him bo- boots that looked like hockey sticks, uh, hockey boots. Uh, he never oh. won a match. Oh, shit. <laughs> Next. We're going rapid fire. I'm sorry? Jimmy the Fly Snooker. Jimmy the Fly Snooker uh, is Jeff Goldblum being fucked by a Polynesian man. Uh, he was the b- most influential high flyer of all time. He is deceased, and I will be tasteful. <laughs> Next. Oh, oh. Oh, my God. Cheatham the Midget was in all of them. <laughs> Davy Boy Smith can fucking play some volleyball. And Dusty Rhodes should have stuck to wrestling. <laughs> Next. Hit him with a kamolid. Hit him with a kamolid. Oh, he's got something. Yeah, yeah, Maddie's here, so Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston was dubbed from that woman in the front row right there oh, who was incredibly tasteless and racist, chocolate bananas. Sorry. He could backflip from that curtain to the lobby. And he's going to be in the WWE Hall of Fame one day, and he fucking deserves it because he's this generation's Tito Santana. Chico Santana. Next. Vince Russo. Vince Russo is right here. (laughs) (laughs) He will leave his children with nothing. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably like... In the top and, ten. And Johnny O'Mara nailed it earlier. It's a baby that talks in a New York accent. <laughs> Next. 2004. Royal Rumble. You damn... Oh. <laughs> it never happened. It never happened. It never happened. <laughs> Next. John Morrison. John Morrison is now a friend of ours, so I will tread lightly. <laughs> Hold on. Not to be a stickler. We need to get at least a dollar or something. Yeah, it's like money. Yeah. Put the money in the fucking box. We're gonna need those Venmos in the next five minutes. Uh, he's killing it everywhere else. I'm glad he's with Taya. Aww, that's and sweet. nobody else. That's yeah. Sweet. <laughs> next. It's been well done. Oh, okay. oh my. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Roast her. 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 Roast Roast your baby, tweet the rock. Roast your baby, tweet the rock. Dumbass can't take a shit on her own. <laughs> Let me pull the pic. The last picture I have of her, she's in Miami right now with my wife and her family. They put like a baby hell in a cell around her because they have hardwood floor. She's trying to eat her fucking way out of it. It looks like she's Arn Anderson getting raked across the fucking... Cage and fucking war games. Look at that. Look at that. At least fucking get yourself, kid. What are you doing? Uh, and uh, at three o'clock every morning, because we're dumb and she sleeps in our bed, I'm like, oh, I'm so fucking asleep. And she mule kicks me right in the fucking back. Just like that. Oh, shit. <laughs> and it sucks. And it wakes me up. And I'm like, cool, I have to be working four hours. I guess I'll just look at the back of this kid's fucking head. <laughs> and I love you. Good night. This is for my, this is for my brother, because this is the, the reason he stopped watching wrestling. Yep. Can you go over the history of why uh, when Mark Henry gave birth to a... Sure. Well, <laughs> well yeah, let's not spoil it. Yeah, Mark Henry and Mae Young had a beautiful relationship. Uh, Mae Young conceived a child at the ripe age of 74. <laughs> Mae Young queefed a white hand... After Mark Henry, a 400-pound black man, impregnated her for the sh- sole purpose to make Gerald Briscoe throw up. I, you didn't make any of that up. No, no. no. Yeah, Normally, like, I'm being facetious on all this. That's a fact. That's, yeah. And that you gave birth to a hand. A that, hand. And that hand grew up. It's true. On the Raw 1000, that hand uh, wished AJ Lee and Daniel Bryan good luck in their impending marriage. <laughs> The end. The end. It was a fine story. That was, ha- that was way happier than I thought it would be. I know. 
hey, when you birth hands, good things happen. <laughs> That's your. Nineteen ninety three, Bobby Heenan gave one of the best commentary performances of all time. Rest in peace, brain. Uh, what else happened? Uh, the heavenly bodies in the Rock and Roll Express jerked off in a ring for fucking fifteen minutes, and uh, Yokozuna and the Undertaker uh, just had some fun. What do you want, sir? Uh, man, Rock. Man, oh. Had a sweet ass guitar that before Pod Slam is finished, uh, in its like in like its existence, mm-hmm. we will auction off one of Man Mountain Rock's oh, guitars. Hell yeah. I'm gonna find one. I'll buy it. Uh, his finisher was a suplex called the Whammy Bar. <laughs> Whammy. And he got fired because he videotaped all the hellacious shit that was happening backstage, <laughs> and it's never seen the light of day, which is a good thing probably for Kevin Nash. <laughs> Next, last five minutes. Uh, them two vaginas just wanted to have fun Uh, Tuco Scorpio was half naked and his penis broke up the fight and uh, uh, Eric Bischoff tried to reference it in a promo in 2001 and got as much of a response as a fly on a smelly butt (laughs) Really drew that out there, didn't you? I, yeah, I didn't know what I was going with. I thought there was a shot in front of me, so I was going to take it, and then there wasn't there. That's sticky. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Next. Von the May Young story. Well, I'm sorry, what was that? Von Eric. The Von Eric. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, come on, man. We're all trying to have a good time here. <laughs> Lacey Von Eric is a healthy human being. <laughs> She's a beautiful woman, and I wish she was here. You said the May Young story? That, with that sticky. Oh, oh, okay, sorry. Next. John Cena. John Cena. <laughs> Would have, wouldn't have done that. Uh, he will be the next superstar in Hollywood. And you know what, guys? Let's treat Cena all right. He deserves it at this point. Yeah. Is that two sentences? One more. Oh, uh, John Cena... Uh, Ruin Kenny Dexter's career. <laughs> Sorry. And his rap album is awesome. His rap album's great. Yes, Maddie. Two for ten. Sure. We're cutting deals now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, last, last, last four minutes. Warren Swaggle and Shane McMahon. All right. Uh, I'm going to intersperse them, and you guys can just pick which sentence I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel extreme <laughs> fucking pressure. Uh, he's Vince McMahon's son. Hey. Yeah. 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 Uh, he he's he made millions in a Japanese conglomerate. He's four foot tall. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, when our podcast gave him a button that was inspired by his name, I thought he threw the button in the trash. <laughs> he threw it in his bag. It was fine. Uh, he is apparently, by all accounts, just a cool-ass white dude. Uh, I broke this. <laughs> oh, shit. That's not important. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's a former cruiserweight champion. <laughs> Pick it. Pick who you want. That was six sentences. Andrew, yes. Sabu! Sabu would slit his wrist and tape it up with Elmer's glue. Uh, he wants Hurricane Rana to bear, and I refuse to believe that that didn't happen. And I know that's the only reason he threw that dollar in the fold. Um, he doesn't get enough credit that he deserves for changing the face of American independent wrestling. Because if people weren't happy, run on sentence, he would stand on the top rope and jump through a table just to make people go, yeah. <laughs> Man, people got to eat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's probably it right there. Yeah. Everybody, give it up for Chris Mullen, everybody. He's sacrificing his body for the business. Have a seat, buddy. Yeah. Oh, titties. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much uh, for joining us here at Potslam 17. 
Um, we are going to wrap everything up here, but I do just want to sign off uh, for Potswoggle just to kind of yes. put a bookend to the yes. audio. Um, uh, uh, Augie, any final thoughts? No, actually, uh, no. <laughs> Win, any final thoughts? Fucking classic as always, Dougie. <laughs> Man, I'm glad my wife's asleep. <laughs> Spencer? Uh, it was worth it being spoiled to get all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. Well, job job well done. <laughs> job well done, Mullet. Uh, We're chaining Spencer's wife? <laughs> I know I know Wooden's been trying to like keep count and stuff like that, so if you get do the Venmo, do it like do it now so we can get a final count so we can make that final announcement. And speaking of final uh, announcements and things, uh, final thoughts, Mullet? Man, I'm gonna get sentimental as shit because I'm drunk and this is the end of the night. This ain't gonna be funny. <laughs> no, but uh, if, you, uh, if you know you and me, we're gonna be sitting on some stairs later. I'm not gonna have shoes on. <laughs> Put this. I have titties sliding off my shoulder. <laughs> but for real, it's been 12 hours. This has been like one of the best days ever. And I love everyone in the crowd. I love everyone up here. These are my best friends. And uh, thank you guys so goddamn much no. for being out here. I, 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 I look forward to this every single year, and I'm glad it was uh, in I.O. at the Chris Farley Cabaret. I'm slurring my words like a son of a bitch. No. Just now. <clears throat> and just, just now, finally. Yeah. Good, good, good. And but not, I, I bet, thank you guys is all I have to say. So I, and, um, you've, you've done a fucking hell of a job today, Mullet, but I also want to give insane credit, and everybody please give it up for Mr. Rich Camelucci as well. Before we close out the night, uh, if you listen to our podcast, Pot Swoggle, I am the current Swoggle Squad champion uh, from our Twitch stream. So I have a power left, and I intend to use that power. I can do it now if you want, but I, I, I think I prefer to like announce the final total and then use that power, because that power is going to be what the Swoggle Squad is doing for Mr. Rich Camelucci as our director for his director's gift this year will be what my final power is. His last year's power was those sweet boots you saw as Hacksaw Jim Duggan earlier. So who knows what that's going to be. So let's do the final total, and then I'll use my final power to um, close out the show. Let me take a look here. Final numbers. Was it uh, Venmo 152? Yeah. Okay. Um, um, while you're, while also, you're tallying everything up, um, I also <laughs> no, do no, just... I've been, I've been kind of yeah, good, I obviously yeah. I want to thank uh, the fellows on stage here with me. Um, the one who couldn't be here on stage with us, uh, Tope out of Banjo, yep. who... Uh, from our tech director. Our tech director from uh, uh, being at a wedding tonight and couldn't be here, but uh, still his presence was super felt, um, and we thank him for it. Yes. Um, thank you to all the shows that performed here tonight. Um, and there's, there's thank yous on the program, but uh, again, I just want to reiterate, thank you to the volunteers, for everyone that helped out. Thank you to the IO Theater here in yes. Chicago. Uh, the last couple years, we've been in a place where we've been pretty much, we've pretty much had the run of the joint. Uh, we can act like delinquents, and we sort of had to be on our best behavior here, but they let us, uh, uh, yeah, they let us degenerates <laughs> in the door. Hopefully they do it again next year. Um, I want to thank uh, WWE Community um, for uh, supporting us, as well as the V Foundation and Connor's Cure. Um, I cannot wait to see what this total is. Um, and, and regardless of what the total is, like, holy hell, we've done some amazing things. And this is a lot of money that is going to an amazing uh, 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 foundation. Um, like there's a, and that's another thing, man. There's a lot of foundations out there that ain't worth their salt. Um, but the V Foundation does stuff on the up and up, and, and, and it's a good deal. And um, it, it, you can always feel good about uh, giving give to this here. Um, and, for anybody, and for anybody still listening to this, like when we post it or anybody, uh, period, uh, this, the, the total that we announced is going to be the total for tonight. Yes. But it's still going to be open for yes. how much longer, Rich? Uh, uh, at least month. a month. Yes. Yeah. So uh, thank, just in general, thank you. Without further ado. Without further ado, the final total, and then my thing, and then, yeah. I also feel like we need a photo We do every year. We take our shirts off, and we do it. And, it's yeah, our, and, we, and we tweet the rock. We take our shirts yeah. off. We tweet it's the rock. It's the thing. Yeah. Uh, my God. Like, this never ceases to amaze me, just how bigger this thing gets and how much more fun it gets. I mean, I've... 
I've done a lot of fun things in 30 years of my life, and I got to admit, this is probably one of the most fun things I've ever done. And I, the fact I get to do it every year with all of you guys just it makes my heart full. Um, we there's more money coming up. Well, as we're doing that, so just tonight. So so on the donation page, there's been like a running list of names of everybody who's donated. So something I do every year is I like to just kind of read off those names. And it's not all the names. It cuts off after a certain amount, uh, after certain donations. People have been donating much and much. But here's the full list of it. Uh, Heels and Heels, Miami Roller Hockey, uh, Matt Barthwell, Donna Brugman, and AJR Tillis. Uh, our time, whatever. Tony Colt, uh, not your demographic. Colin C. Uh, this list goes slow. Uh, Jillian Jager, um, Charles and Ann Anderson, uh, Cynthia B- uh, Bemis Abrams. I hope I'm not pronouncing that right. Uh, Movie Mayhem Podcast. Sarah Solano, uh, Noreen, your mom. My lovely wife, She's Brittany, uh, Suit Williams, oh, Suit, uh, Anonymous, uh, Ha Ha Spencer, Wooden has a fan, that's for at Stand the Dry Bear, uh, Matt Camp, Samantha Allen, uh, H&L Solano, Julia B, is there more? No, that's it, that's the end of the list. Thank you. Yes. All right, so up, let me refresh. Okay. I have the total. Ladies and gentlemen, counting up when we did the box office, what we did online, what we did with the auction, and through everything in this square jar and everything on the tables, I need a drum roll for this, please. Podslam 2017 had a goal of $3,500. Ladies and gentlemen, our final total was $35.64. We met the goal! We met the goal. Rush as always. Fill that money meter in. Roll that beautiful bean footage. 35, 60. 34. 60. 64. Hell yeah. But like, the, but like Rich of them said, the link is going to stay open for donations for another month. And I'm sure if more money comes in to get to 5000 this man will shave his head. And you still get to five. I want. I please get rid of my hair. But if we can, real quick, like I said, uh, every single year, uh, we... Real, real, real quick, real quick. Uh, uh, this doesn't end now. Uh, after party at the Playground Theater. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's where we're going to have our true run at a place. Uh, that's where the true de- degenerative uh, behavior can come out. Oh, then. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so be there. It'll be a great time. Uh, we'll be there until the sun comes up. All the thanks, everything aside. Uh, Porkinori, yeah. I want to, trust me, and we will, we will, we will. Uh, but everything aside, this guy right here is the one that does all this. Uh, so every single year, uh, as a tradition for me as a theater kid, I always make sure we give a director's gift for this this man right here. The champ is here. The champ is here. And last year he got his wrestling boots, and I'm trying to make sure that we round out like his whole deal. Um, so what I want to make sure that we do, and again, we don't have it now because I want you to pick out what you want. Okay. But um, when you succeed in a task like crushing your goal, you should get some kind of a reward. And what I think uh, the Swaggle Squad has been thinking is some kind of a trophy. So what we're going to do is we are going to get the official pod slam cup for you to put on your mantle and every single year that we do pod slam we're going to add a plate on that cup that's the year and the total that we donate so you know how much you've actually done and raised for this amazing charity because you fucking deserve it so uh, we're gonna uh we're gonna sit down tomorrow for probably at least two hours and go over uh perpetual trophy concepts and the Swaggle Squad is going to cover for you this perpetual trophy concept for the Pod Slam Cup that you're going to have every single year. 
You're welcome. And we're gonna add, and every single year we have that plate, it's gonna be a higher total. And every single year that we do that, it is going to be. And we won't give in, we won't give in. Thank you guys so incredibly much. For us, for Augie, for Wynn, for Spencer, for all of you there. I am your host, your content director, Mullet. We are swogging off, and we will see you next year at PodSlam 2018. Rich, get to work. Have a good night. We'll see you at the after party. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at ArcadeAudio.net.